Welcome to another video cast episode of Board Game with Education. Today, we're gonna talk about what it means to design a game from the player's perspective. So if you are a parent or a teacher, we're gonna talk about different topics related to what to think about when you're picking up a game for your classroom or picking up a game to play with your family. And then as a designer, we're gonna look at that perspective of the player's experience, because as a player, we bring a lot of experiences to the board game table. And as a designer, we need to consider those things. So join us for today's episode. Let's get into the conversation. Board Gaming with Education, a podcast for anyone curious about how games and education mix. We explore various topics like game-based learning, gamification, and board games, and the impacts they have on learning. Here's your host, Dustin Stats. Board Game with Education is an online community and web store where you can find board games for your learning environment, whether that's at home or in the classroom. We also have awesome games for families. So check out BoardGameWithEducation.com. I am here to help you find the game for your learning environment. So if you have any questions, there's a tab on our website called Ask an EduGamer Expert. We're there to help you find the right game. And also, if you need help learning how to play the game, we're happy to walk you through how to play the game as well. So go to BoardGameWithEducation.com, check out our games in our store, and find the right game for your learning environment today. So welcome, Alex. I'm super excited to be joined by you for a video cast episode. This is new for Board Game with Education, so you're one of our first on the video cast format. Um, <laughs> We're here to talk about dog bonds and we're going to chat about designing games and why a player's experience playing a game is important and some considerations you might make so this is going to be a really good topic for parents or for teachers thinking about games they might pick up for their families or maybe for in their classroom um mm -hmm. before we get into the topic would you mind just introducing yourself a little bit Yep. Uh, so I'm Alex Liu. I am the designer developer behind Dogs Bond. Uh, we are a, uh, let me see if I can do that with the <laughs> video backwards. So um, yeah, it's a game yeah. about uh, rescue animals, rescue dogs, finding their way to their forever home. It's uh, for two to six players, ages 10 and up. And it's about 15 minutes per player. Once you kind of get into it, get into the groove of things. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to uh, share it with you guys. Awesome. So I usually prep guests, give them some questions before they come on the show. Mm -hmm. Our conversations usually are casual and we, we go from one point to another, but I'm going to ask you a question I did not prep you for. Oh, what is okay. Your, Ready. <laughs> what is your favorite dog like type or breed? Do you have a favorite? Uh, right now. So my wife has a, has a Jack Russell Terrier and he's a 14 year old puppy. So he's like kind of getting into that like old man phase where he's just crotchety and sleeps all the time. So um, yeah. And, and Smudge has actually inspired the special power that the Jack Russell in our game has. Okay, cool. So your dog's name is Smudge. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. That's a, that's a cool name. Awesome. <laughs> so let's get into the topic. Um, we're going to talk about designing games for the player's experience. So if I were to ask you to define like quote unquote player's experience, mm -hmm. what would that mean and why is that important? Yeah, so I think that the player's experience obviously, right, is number one, you know, the enjoyability, the, the mechanics and the predictability. Um, you know, I know that there's a lot of times when you're designing, the opportunity is of course there, for you to add another layer and add another layer. But you know, very quickly, 
it becomes overcomplicated or overengineered. So if you're thinking about a story beat or a message or a you know thematic element that you really want to shine through those mechanics, that's how you can keep those experiences really simple without you know forcing 16, 25 micro decisions between each turn. Um, and particularly when you're designing for a you know younger audience, uh, you know our game is for ten and up, or you know specifically designing for uh, non-heavy gamers, right? Light, casual, maybe a gateway game where you can invite the older generation back to the game table. Um, those are also very important too, right? So you just want to keep it nice, clear, simple, kind of turn order. Uh, what are your options? You know, maybe no more than five. And, uh, and making those types of experiences really simple and repeatable. Awesome. So I know I've seen this kind of expression or this idea pop up in different game design communities. And they say when you design a game, you're either a painter and you start with an empty canvas and you work towards mechanics or mm -hmm. you're a sculptor and you have all of these mechanics and you kind of dwindle, dwindle them down to the, you know, the statue you're trying to make. So. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you as far as as a designer, what do you prefer? And then what did dogs bond? What was that, a painting or a sculpt, sculpture? Yeah, um, I, that's a beautiful way to put it. Um, I am definitely, uh, among the two, a painter. And dogs bond definitely evolved that way as well. I started with my theme and my story beats and kind of wanting to know and, and share a beginning, middle, and end of a journey. And that's how I aligned my game design, aligned the game mechanics to allow that story to really come through and shine through. Um, maybe that's unpopular amongst you know game designers and developers, right? They're like, no, it's about the core mechanic and how do you um, you know encourage the player to do this one thing during a particular phase and then evolve to the next phase. And 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 for me, it was it was quite the opposite. So uh, yeah, I definitely kind of went almost. Uh, you know, painter uh, Pixar story is also too kind of the way I've seen it done, uh, or or I've likened it to, where you start with this kind of grand story, these key moments, right? And and for our game, those are stand up moments in the game, right? It all comes down to this next card play, this next dice roll, and that builds that excitement into the game, and um, and that's what we really enjoy. Yeah, that's super awesome. Yeah, there's um, Jane McGonagall. She talks about the term Fiero, which is that moment when you kind of yep. throw your hands above your head. Um, yes. You're yes. really excited that, yeah, that's really cool. Um, so when designing Dogs Bond, why was it important to keep that player experience in mind? Maybe maybe as a general idea for someone designing a game, why is that important? Then maybe you can give some specific examples for Dogs Bond. Yeah, um, you know, starting place yourself in the in the player's chair. We always do, right? Um, and our project definitely focused on what is the customer and the player experience going to be. And that was our guiding star, right? If it was too complicated or, you know, there were uh, complexities in the card text for the sake of, you know, variability, but it didn't really drive a new experience, we went through and we just simplified. Um, for Dogs Bond, you know, one of those examples were some of the expansion cards that we had that we were able to develop during the Kickstarter where, um, you know, uh, the dog, uh, the rescue dogs go and have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
and you kind of never know as a dog, certainly, you don't know what you're going to get. And so, you know, it could be dry food or wet food. And what do you want? You know, maybe you get a little bit less or more because of the timing. So mm. we had a dice roll, right? And it's, you know, easy, one through six. And um, initially, I had actually scheduled, you know, scheduled it to be, you know, different dice rolls would be different outcomes. So sometimes you wanted a six, sometimes you wanted a four, sometimes you wanted the three. And we found that there was enjoyment in that. But having that single card or, or kind of having that theme of the card across three cards, right? Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Mm. We were introducing additional complexity that didn't really shine through for any particular reason, right? Because the probabilities were the same. So made it simple. You know, ones are what you want. Sixes are what you don't want. Those are the cards. That's awesome. So it's a good example of taking something complex and kind of making it down bringing it down to its core uh, experience for the players. Precisely. And going with that, you you mentioned the game's something made for kids and adults. And mm -hmm. what were some considerations you had to make when designing that game? And then could you talk to maybe a parent or a teacher, or maybe in this case, a parent that's looking for a game that would be fun for them to play as well as with their kids? Absolutely. So that was why I designed the game. Uh, my family and I were, you know, lots of folks and lots of different ages. And uh, the age gap that I was trying to bridge was, you know, the youngest was about eight and uh, the eldest is about 16, you know, kind of my nephews and my niece. And uh, how can I create an experience that will bring everyone to the table that doesn't require a screen? And for me, that's board games, right? Yeah. And so thinking about that, thinking about my family, what are going to be some of the things that keep us interested? I had to balance it, you know, between, I would say about 60% strategy and 40% random chance, right? Because there's dice rolls, you know, the, you know, the RNG of what cards you draw and things like that, but then you play with strategy. So for me, that was very, very important. Um, and then even amongst my wonderful play testers, thanks again, team, um, I had some uh, new parents play test it. And the goal there was, if you have to step away from the game to take care of baby, and you come back to the table, can you pick up right where you left off? Do you know what happened without everyone having to recap the story or recap every single move somebody made? And that was really key for me as well, because you know, the game by design, by purpose is, you know, for us to play together with varying age groups, you know, friends groups, family, and being that kind of activity that you can enjoy together in a time-bound amount of time, right? When you're waiting for cake or holiday dinner or whatever mm -hmm. the, you know, whatever the the thing that brought you together is. Right, right. And I kind of want to dig into that that playtesting experience a little bit more and talk about something we had chatted through emails talking about mm -hmm. representation in game and you mentioned having parents with babies playtesting mm -hmm. the game, and that's important because then you have a game that also accommodates those types of people that have those experiences. So Absolutely. why is it important to maybe broaden your horizon as far as who playtests your game? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, you know, for me, uh, we I knew that when I designed this game, I really wanted to have a diverse cast and an inclusive cast of characters, right? Um, because our game has 
the players take on the role of a dog, right? All the special abilities and special powers kind of align with those breed specific traits and things like that. What I've found in many games is, you know, those those superpowers in order to kind of play to the archetypes, if you will, of those characters, um, like, you know, the Asian character is usually small and fast, right? Uh, think short round who helps Indiana Jones. And I'm like, well, that's great, but can we be something else? Can we be Captain America? Can we be the one with, you know, super heat vision or something else? Um, and so building that into it and, ha- and knowing that that was going to be part of the conversation um, was very intentional in the design. Uh, since we do have video, I'll take advantage again. So we okay. do have a cast of characters, right, as far as like the humans go for who the adopters are. And I really wanted to make sure that we didn't state in any way that there was one best kind of person who would adopt a dog because that's really not what we're saying. We're saying that, you know, the bonds of friendship and the bonds of love that you can find uh, really do not have anything to do with kind of, you know, who you are or or anything like that. But also, too, you know, since my family is, is mixed and blended, uh, I really wanted my my players to be able to say, wow, I know that person or that character reminds me of me or someone that I know. And uh, that for me was just really important. And, um, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, all of these uh, humans are looking to adopt a dog and give them a forever home. It was really, really easy for us to put it there and, and, you know, kind of just tell a story about people. Yeah, that's super awesome. And I think, I think you're right. It's really important to be able to, at least I know for me, I think everyone wants to find themselves as a character in that movie or that game or mm-hmm. whatever they're doing, whatever right. they're in. You use the term forever home and I am familiar with that term, but maybe mm. someone who isn't, maybe you can share what that means and the message behind the game. Absolutely. So uh, again, the game is about uh, dogs in the rescue shelter system. Uh, collecting the attributes so we are a set manage you know set collection hand management uh paw management because dogs don't have hands um type of game uh and then you find your way to your forever home meaning uh the animal is adopted by a human and taken to their forever home um and so that is you know that's the ultimate objective that each of the players have uh there are you know there are eight dogs to choose from and eight potential adopters when you play, you play with up to six players, and there is a potential for every dog to go home with one of the adopters. Uh, and sometimes, and in certain cases, right, uh, maybe an adopter takes home two dogs. Um, there is a winner in our game, of course, based on points. Uh, but one of the things that we are very proud about is that yes, there is a way that every dog, every player can go find a forever home uh, with that with that potential adopter. Cool. Yeah, that's a really great message. I know I, I love Doc, so I'm, I'm <laughs> going to pick up the game when it's available. Fantastic. Uh, and maybe we can go back just really quickly to yeah. that idea of inclusion and representation in games. As someone that's buying games, whether it's a teacher, because as a teacher, I'm I have to be very conscious about that ask access, diversity, inclusion, all of that in my classroom or in my programs that I run. What are some things maybe I should pay attention to when I'm trying to pick up a game and use it in my class? Yeah, um, I think that from the player experience, right, you also too have to be on message not only with, you know, the theme of it, but really what's the core mechanic and, and kind of what's 
what's moving folks forward. Um, you know, just speaking about my game, uh, a lot, you know, there are, there's no money <laughs> as a resource in my game because dogs don't deal with money, right? <laughs> and that's oftentimes a really pressure building type of, you know, mechanic where it's like, oh, that scarcity of funds mm -hmm. doesn't allow you to advance, right? So, uh, you know, if you think about, especially teaching children, right? What does it mean to be successful, right? And you only focus on, uh, you know, financials, um, you know, maybe there's a, a, you know, a popular game where, you know, you're collecting real estate and the goal is to bankrupt the other player. Like that's a very competitive, you know, antagonistic relationship that you have through the board game. Even if you're best friends, right? Your mission is to financially harm that person or, you know, otherwise, uh, other games where like violence is the, you know, dominant, uh, theme, right. Where your goal is to wipe off, wipe off the face of the planet, your other, you know, your other player. So for us, you know, we did take that on and being that we're developing and designing and, and really selecting the attributes that you play onto your dog in order to bond with the potential adopter, um, that was really important to us. And then also from your, to your other question about the message and kind of, uh, how do we, how do we present that to the player? We infuse the rescue story with play, whimsy, compassion, and hope. And putting the player into the perspective of a dog that's just trying to be the best dog it can be to meet, you know, the different human needs, uh, allows us to have those conversations and open up about, you know, well, what does it mean to be a responsible dog owner? What does it mean to you to have an animal friendship? And I think for, for younger students, um, all the way through, you know, college age, um, I think it's a really important, uh, important tool, um, an important, you know, byproduct of board games, if we can include empathy, compassion, right, and, um, and build that into our experience. That's super awesome. And I think that's a Super solid point that maybe is not so obvious is looking at the driving force of what motivates players in the game. And that's mm -hmm. something to maybe consider when picking up games. Um, sure. Cool. Mm -hmm. So before we head into our game, is there anything that we didn't chat about or maybe last words of advice you might give to someone that's thinking about picking up Dogs Bond and why they might want to pick it up? Yeah, um, certainly we have, a, we have a theme, we have a message, right, about... Uh, uh, rescue dogs, finding their forever homes. Um, we love, you know, the education component and, and, and teaching, uh, especially young children, right. And giving that opportunity to have the conversation, right. About responsible dog ownership, uh, at the table because, um, and I definitely targeted ages around 10, because that's usually when families start thinking about getting a pet, right. Mm -hmm. And saying, Oh, well, this is the, this is your pet. And then it's the family pet, right? And so thinking, or or that's when the children start asking, right? Every Saturday morning, you know, why don't we have a dog? Why don't we have a Why don't we have a pet? Children, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and of course, uh, we are, you know, this game. We went to over a hundred different animal rescues throughout the United States, pitched them our concept, pitched them our story, and they all said, "Yes, this looks good. It is a way that we're talking about making positive change with." The conversation about rescue and adoption so it's not just 
you know, only GoFundMe's and the Sarah McLaughlin, you know, music and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's a really different way of, of approaching the topic. And uh, for those of you who are, you know, uh, interested, uh, if you work with rescue or you know somebody who's very passionate about rescue, um, you know, have them contact us because we are working very closely with rescues to make this a fundraising tool for them. So we'll put it into their virtual store and they'll get a percentage of any proceeds that come from any of those sales. Really awesome. Really awesome. Cool. So we're going to we're going to hop into our game. Be sure to check out our YouTube video for the full game experience. I mentioned the game is five second rule. I'm going to give you a category. The category might be something like animals. You have five seconds to name the category. We're going to do a little practice. Okay. So this would be your timer and I would go five, four, uh, two, one, and then you would okay. hear I the see. bell and go on to the next slide. Oh, okay. Let's see that one. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. So I'm not going to say it. So I'm just going to show you the screen because if I say it, I kind of take up your time and I don't want to okay. waste five seconds. So I'm just going to show it to you and you have to name three things. <clears throat> Ooh, ready, ready. All right. I'm going to wait till the one and then we're going to go over things in the classroom. Okay. Uh, chalk blackboard teacher. Movies. Uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and uh, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> I think you got one. You chose too many with too many. Uh, too, too, many, many words, too many words. Too many words. The next one. Authors. Uh, Lawrence Yep. Uh, uh, and um, oh man, uh, <laughs> fail. <laughs> That's a tough um, one. I think. Yeah, That's- yeah, um, yeah. Definitely, uh, Lawrence Yep, uh, Margaret Weiss, Tracy Hickman. <laughs> and oh superheroes uh superman batman wonder woman you have plenty of seconds to spare i think that was oh no we got one more this is the most important one though okay board games uh dogs bond dominion and street fighter the miniatures Ooh, just barely <laughs> Ooh. so that was that was i awesome. think you got three there so that's good <laughs> Yeah, that one's that, that's tough. Yeah, it's it's harder it than it looks. It, it's like stumps your brain for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Alex. Thank you for coming on. I know we have Dogs Bond here on the screen, so dogsbond.com. But if anyone wanted to maybe reach out to you on social media or follow other projects, where might they do that? Yep. Uh, so we've kept it. I've kept it very intentionally, very simple. So dogsbondgame.com. It's spelled just as it sounds in English. Uh, and so that's really simple. And then we are at dogsbondgame on all of your favorite social media. Super awesome. So Alex, thank you again. And I'm really excited to see the game hit the stores and or yes. maybe another rescue near me. Yes, absolutely. So we should be, uh, we are printing right now and uh, crossing fingers and toes. Uh, we should be delivering to folks uh, in time for late summer. So, uh, you know, when you're getting back together with your friends and family, potentially meeting somebody or meeting a new furry family member, uh, you know, we would love it if you would adopt us and give us a place uh, and a forever home at your game table, dogspawngame.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening in this week. If you like what you heard, be sure to let us know. You can find us on social media as Board Gaming with Education or BGE Games or email us at podcast at boardgamingwitheducation.com. If you want to support our podcast, be sure to check out our support page on our website. 
as always, teach better, learn more, and most importantly, play more. Thank you for listening and until next time.